The following is a paid presentation. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the staff and management of Shiawassee Radio. All right, we're live. I am Bill Amadeo. From McManus and Amadeo. Grable and Associates and the Shiawassee Six. We are here for a live tonight. Tonight we're going to talk about a very serious issue in Macomb County. We're going to talk about judicial elections in Washington and Lanaway. And then we are going to discuss a throwback to my time in Doc Review. Those who don't know Doc Review, Doc Review is when you're starting out as a lawyer and you can't get a job. And a firm hires you to basically review paperwork. It's pretty bad. It's not fun. Remember Doc Review? Yeah, it was. It was like a bag boy and yeah, it was not good. This is your cell. This is your bunk. This is the jail visit on Shiawassee Radio. Live from the Cofield Oil and Propane Studios. Here's attorney Bill Amadeo. Okay. Let's start with the Macomb. That's really a serious issue. As many of you know, um, the Ty Hale tragedy happened last Friday, and it was announced that the Macomb County Prosecutor's Office is not pressing charges against the individual who shot Ty Hale. Let me be clear. Ty was unarmed. We have not seen the police report yet. We are doing a FOIA for it. I guess what's shocking is this 18-year-old kid who is a father, a brother, a son, he's taken from us, right? And the Macomb County Prosecutor's Office made this decision very quickly. There was no review for an open murder charge. Um, There's been witnesses that have talked to the press, spoke to me, have a lot to say. I do know that Ty's mother and Tina, a friend of mine, are going to contact the attorney general. I hope Dana Nessel does the right thing. Of course, based on some things that have happened recently, I'm not counting on Dana Nessel to do the right thing. But we do have a child that was killed. An unarmed child that was killed. How the hell are we not going to review this matter in depth before we make a charging decision? It's weird. Because I have so many cases... Where there's not evidence. We're just taking somebody's word. Cases where people have motives for money. And civil litigators get involved. And they twist the facts. And certain prosecutors try to assist them. And that's shocking to me. How in this case. What Ty's family wants. Is justice. They weren't looking for a payday. They were looking to get justice for their lost child. If it ends up in civil litigation, we'll be involved, but that wasn't what the agenda was. And uh, Sean Lay will be working on the article, and all I could say is, whatever the truth is, that needs to come out. What we do know for a fact right now is we did have an unarmed kid that's dead. It's a problem, guys. I don't care if you're a prosecutor, if you're a defense lawyer. The reality is this. We have a child that was taken from us. We gotta do better. We have to do better. And if I burn a bridge by saying that, so be it. But 
you know, I have not gotten responses back from the prosecutor's office in a few days. The detective is not getting back to me now. And the family has to pay an impound fee. But think about this. And I actually paid that fee for them to get the deceased parties back. East Point wants the family to pay for deceased son's items. And there's no charges pressed. What the hell is that? I mean, wow. That's just amazing. So many things to say there. But I'm really not happy about that. Anything I could do to help that family, I want to try to do. Um, it's just a tragedy. And that leads us to the importance of jurists. Importance of judges on the bench. You know, and it's a funny thing in East Point. There was a case that a uh, firm I was involved with, I wasn't on the case, CSC, with no physical evidence. And the magistrate gave this guy with no prior criminal history a $750,000 cash bond to make sure he was sitting in jail while cloaked in the presumption of innocence. The same district court were the venues appropriate for Ty Hale's death. So without evidence, we can detain somebody, but an unarmed kid, the defendant doesn't even get charged. What's going on there, guys? That's bullshit. Let's talk about these judicial elections. People keep asking my opinion and donations I'm making and what my feelings are on these district and circuit court races. Let's start in Washington. Um, when Judge Tabby announced his retirement, uh, there were four candidates in the mix. Everybody knows I'm a big Torchio Feaster person. I'm still a Torchio Feaster person. I'm sorry I didn't make it through the primary. I think he would have been a great addition to our bench. And I hope he still makes a run at the bench. I could really see him on the circuit court one day. But Torchio Feaster belongs as a jurist. And I stand behind my support of Torch. With that being said, the two candidates for Judge Tabby's spot are Fawn Armstrong and Carl Barr. What I could say is this about Fawn. I have a lot of respect for Fawn Armstrong. Um, I think she's a very diligent prosecutor, military background, intelligent woman. And when you look at Fawn, you know, there's more to meets the eye there. You could see her and think she's like this career prosecutor attractive white woman that's had an easy life and that's not the case fawn has really worked hard to get where she is um we sat down for a while we did a zoom call i've known fawn for years and obviously fawn and i are on different sides of the v you know she prosecutes people i defend people but i really think that she is a great fit for the bench and i mean that's who we're supporting i think Fawn will be a great addition i think she'll be fair on the bench uh, we don't see eye to eye on every issue, but you really don't want a judge that you see eye to eye on every issue with. You want a judge that's going to impartially apply the law. I think she has a really strong knowledge of the rules of evidence. I think she'd be a good fit, and I hope she gets a spot. As far as our circuit court goes, there's zero question in my mind that Arian Slay belongs on that bench. I mean, in my opinion, there's zero question Arian Slay should have been the prosecutor in Washington County. But here we are, 
and maybe that was a blessing in disguise. So it's a very weird election. Arian Slay is the most brilliant legal mind in Washington County. She isn't somebody we just want on the bench. She's somebody we need on the bench. And one of the things about Slay and Fawn, which will be Judge Slay and Judge Armstrong, is it's important that whoever's on the bench has criminal experience. Remember what criminal law, guys, we're talking about losing someone's freedom, someone's incarceration. Nobody understands the pressures of both the prosecution and the defense as Arian Slay. She'd be a great fit, and we're completely behind her. Um, I love Slay. I've learned so much from Slay. Great lawyer, great prosecutor, fantastic person. She's everything we hope to embody in Washington County. So let's get out there and vote for her to your absentee ballots. Because Arian Slay needs to be on our circuit court bench. Leno is interesting. Uh, right now, for those of you who don't know about the Lenaway District Court election, a lot of weird things happen there. But Todd Morgan was appointed by Governor Whitmer. And there was a really strenuous vetting process. And let me tell you about Judge Morgan. He was a public defender great military background one of the most vast knowledge of the michigan rules of evidence i've ever seen todd was a strong lawyer and as a district court judge he's done a hell of a job already very fair i heard about the debate between him and the other candidate and it was odd when you listen to that debate you saw one candidate that was breaking down the rules explain the concepts of bond another candidate who was mudslinging the other candidate who i don't know personally but they came off as extremely unstable they made up some lies about todd about who he was friends with back in the day and all this other stuff and they spoke about what they're going to do on bonds on cscs let me explain this to you other candidate because something judge morgan knows something judge shadler knows Whatever the allegation is, we start with the presumption of innocence. And when I hear a candidate say, well, on CSC bonds, they're going to just go crazy on things. Well, hold on a minute. We got to look at the bond factors, right, Judge? Was there a self-surrender? Is there retained counsel? Is there prior criminal history? Did the defendant in some cases take a polygraph and pass? Did they take a sexual evaluation? Are they a flight risk and are they a risk to the community? Simply because you're charged with a crime does not mean you should not be entitled to bond. The whole concept of innocent until proven guilty is critical. So when I hear a candidate that claims that they weren't appointed because they're a mother, which is crazy, or they're going to do crazy things with bonds and they attack a sitting judge with falsehoods. That's concerning. When I heard the debate, I'm going to tell you, Judge Morgan, he held his poise. He was professional. He addressed the issues. Lenaway County is lucky to have Todd Morgan as their district court judge. And I have to believe and hope he wins this election. I know we're supporting him. 
I mean, he was appointed by the governor recently. Then he won a primary. Now we're taking a third shot at the guy. It's his time to be on the bench. And if Todd Morgan does not win that election, Lenaway County will take a major step back. Quote me on that one. This is what we're going to talk about tonight. My time working in Doc Review. Let me tell you about Doc Review, guys. When we talk about Doc Review, what we're saying is this. When you are a young lawyer and you're trying to get your first job, one of the things you can do is find a job as a Doc Review. When you're doing Doc Review, you're reviewing documents for bigger firms. And man, you are at the bottom of the totem pole. In the legal world, you are lower than whale shit, man. Doc Review was fascinating. And I remember... It's 2009. The economy was brutal. I mean, it was absolutely brutal. Um, I had passed a couple bar exams already, and I couldn't land a job. And I applied at Cooley in the register's office. And head of human resources was this guy, Scott Harrison. I'm not a fan of Scott Harrison. He wouldn't even look at my application. I was, like, begging for a $15 an hour job a long time ago. Obviously, a lot has changed, but I wanted this job at Cooley, and Cooley said no. Norman Fell, who you've heard me yap about many times, I reached out to him about other jobs, and he blew me off. I mean, if we look at Scott Harrison, Norman Fell, and compare him to me today, well, look at the scoreboard, boys. But back then, it was kind of a brutal thing. I remember trying to get a job at CareerQuest to teach paralegal studies, like, everywhere you turned, you were banging your head. And it was just a rough time. You know, the economy sucked. And I remember I was tutoring. I was working as a journalist. I passed a bar exam. Not making any money. You're up to your debt and financial aid. And you believe that if you kept punching, good things would happen. But here comes this doc review job. And the people in the doc review this will be a blog for another time i'm sure to talk more specifics but it was interesting who was there the first person that really comes to mind was a woman that ran the doc review service she was extremely arrogant she treated us like dirt we're making like 15 dollars an hour like one day a week for like 10 hours and it's horrifying that some big firms make people review their documents and they can't even tell you the truth. I took the job pretty serious. Not everybody there did. Let me tell you about some of the people. We had the bodybuilder. This was a steroid guy. He had passed the bar, couldn't find a job, and his dream was to get in the bodybuilding. He was doing doc review to supplement his income. I remember, like, being in the room as this guy was shooting up steroids, thinking, huh, this is good. He'd go through rages and, like, throw documents across the room. Was... Then there was the book award student. The book award student was this individual. They killed it in law school. They passed the bar, and they couldn't interview for shit. They thought they were going to light the world on fire. Let me break something down for you guys. Nothing you learn in law school has any application in the real world. I've said this before, I'll say it again. You graduate from college, 
to take the bar exam. Sorry, to take the LSAT. You take the LSAT to get into law school. You get the grades in law school to sit for the bar. Then you pass the bar to practice. And by the way, none of these things mean anything. So here's this kid, who were the kids back then, and he killed it in law school. Book award after book award. He thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. He couldn't interview for shit. Didn't know how to handle a real case. So he's down in this basement with us doing the stock review. And he's one step away from the clock tower. Then there was this girl trying to move up. Attractive girl. She thought she would marry some guy in law school. And now she's down here with us doing doc review. We saw people come in and out of doc review. Because back then, doc review was money to pay your rent. But it was really a tragic scenario. I mean, it was like where dreams went to die. I cannot find another job in law. So I'm going into doc review. Oh, man. They were the worst of times in the legal profession. 2009 sucked because you had people with like 10, 15 year experience who were working for next to nothing because they were getting laid off from firms. The economy sucked. It was a brutal time. And I think back to those doc review days and many of the people that were doing doc review with me, they threw in the tail. There's a couple of them that are prosecutors I know today. We're okay. We're friendly. But we look back on those times and they don't talk about it. I just remember like being down in this shitty little basement, getting my check for $15 an hour, thinking to myself, this was not in the goddamn brochure. It was a humbling experience. But it did help build character. Graduating from law school in 2008 and getting in the workplace in 2009, that was like the worst time in recent history to actually get out of law school. And Cooley was less than helpful. I mean, they didn't really care. I mean, their employment stats were weird. You, know, you work at Doc Review, I think you're gainfully employed. Cooley gave you this big line of shit. Stay at Cooley. We're a family. We're a team. We're going to help you. Once you were done, they didn't care about you. I look at Cooley today kind of laughable. So many professors at Cooley told me I would never make anything of myself. Then after I started winning jury trials, you were lucky. Remember that in life, okay? You take the risk and you have the balls. If you don't make it, they're going to say you're crazy. If you do make it, they're going to say you're lucky. So at the end of the day, they can all kiss your ass. No love for that school whatsoever. Amazing how the hell they could take an LSAT and say you're going to be great and you're not. Remember one time, I'm driving home in the rain, like my fourth term at law school, and there's this one kid. He is top of his class, and he's drunk, and he's walking home, and I'm leaving the library, and I'm going to go back to my apartment and study. And I said, hey, you want to get in the car? He was, like, getting drenched in rain. So I drive back to his apartment, and he's sitting there smoking a cigar, rolls down the window, says, so yeah, he can smoke. And he starts crying in my car. I said, hey, what's wrong? Because I look at you and I'm frustrated. And I said, why? You're top of your class. I'm struggling. He said, you work harder than me. You're going to be more successful than me. Because even if I get the grades better than you, at some point you're going to work nights and weekends and be successful and I'm not. And that really depresses me. And I said to him, well, why don't you just work the nights and weekends too? Because well, no, it's too hard to do that. And that's what's missing in grades. I got the grades. Got the grades you needed, killed the LSAT eventually, killed the bar exam eventually.
but that doesn't measure heart. It doesn't measure answering that call at two o'clock when we get run to the jail. It doesn't measure connecting with that jury. You know, there's so many things. If only law school taught people how to be lawyers. Or, you know, common sense is lost. Doc review was so humbling. You walk out of law school with 150K in debt. Cooley's not helping you find a job. You're trying to survive. It's what a bunch of bullshit. And I remember I'm sitting down that guy saying, fuck this. I'm not going to be here forever. And now... Several of those old professors that told me you couldn't do anything, they're trying to get doc review jobs. Tina, do I ever regret becoming an attorney? Never do I regret becoming an attorney. What I do regret sometimes is that you know, your mind's going all the time. And despite my winning percentage and all that, I'm never happy with the result. Never happy with the result. Win a jury trial, I'm pissed off about something. And when you, like, become that much of a perfectionist in this profession, it gets exhausting. So I wish I could change my mindset on that a little bit. But yeah, remember, you grow up poor. You grow up in the hood of Atlantic City. And you make it to Ann Arbor. You know, there's always this fear factor. Somebody's going to take your shit away from you. And then even going back to, like, 2009, you know, you think you're going to be back in that doc review room doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank, how many cases in the pipeline, you know, it doesn't matter. You grow up poor, you believe you're going to be poor again. And when you're trying to stick it up somebody's ass who says you weren't going to make it, that's exhausting. Revenge is a hell of a drug, man. But it really is exhausting at times. Um, I haven't matured to the point where I don't like sticking it up people's ass. So I hope I get to that point one day. But now, no regrets on being a lawyer. Um, regrets on my mindset sometimes. The Jail Visit with attorney Bill Amadeo from McManus and Amadeo. Connect with McManus and Amadeo at McManusAmadeo.com or call 800-392-7311. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio. We are here talking about my new job and about hires we had. Eat Wheaties! Sorry. Inside joke. Anyway. I posted about a potential new career opportunity. And, um, Nancy, eat Wheaties! Nancy Gordon. You know what? Nancy eating Gordon, you're the main reason for this live today. You hurt me today. I come to you for support as my longtime friend, and you mock my new career. Did I mention I'm from McMass, Namadeo, and Grable & Associates? If I didn't, Let's do that shameless plug one more time. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be there based on the career change. As many of you know, I've always wanted to be a prosecutor. It's been a um, dream from a young child. And, uh, and you know, I have this attitude problem, obviously. And becoming a prosecutor has not been an easy journey. I've actually prosecuted a few cases. And I may have said at some trials that some of the I see here, I wouldn't sign the complaint. But objectivity. That's what we're talking about. So when I wanted to be a prosecutor, I was met with a lot of resistance. I didn't get a lot of support from people. Um, Scott Grable mocked me. Uh, you saw what Kara said about me. 
um, in the Facebook post, and you know David Hertzkowitz made his little why this comment, and it, it hurt because sometimes in life we have dreams, and you want the people in your inner circle to support those dreams. And today I felt no support, and that really hurt. So let me tell you how this whole thing went down. I decided I want to be a prosecutor full time, and the first place I was going to apply was Shiawassee. So I applied with Scott Corner. I went to his office and I had a nice laminated resume. And I said, Scott, I need to talk to you. And Scott had so much work going on. He goes, Okay, what do you want to talk about these cases? I said, No, I want to make the switch. I want to be a prosecutor. So he was laughing in my face, which hurt. I respect Scott Corner, but he was mocking me. And he told me to get the hell out of his office. I didn't know what to do. I'm driving home to Washington, right? And as I'm driving home to Washington, I drove by our circuit court. And I drove by the prosecutors. They hit me like a bolt of lightning. Holy shit! This is what I should be doing! I want to be part of the problem. Sorry, the solution. And so here we are, I put my application in and I was very excited about the opportunity and I'm sad to say that I'm not joining the prosecutor's office because there were some obstacles in the way. Much like the fire department, when you apply there, they make you run up these four flights of stairs with a 200 pound dummy and I said, what does this have to do with prosecuting cases? And they said to me, if you want to be a civil servant, you got to do this stuff. So I guess I failed the physical. With that being stated, today was not a joke. It was not a joke. Granted, two years ago, it may have been a joke. Okay? We were stuck in the house with COVID. I posted it. This year I was being sincere. And the hostile texts I got, it hurt. I'd be a damn good prosecutor. I just don't think I'm one at that office, and um, it hurt a lot. It really did. And, you know, the whole day I was so excited, and then you guys just mocked me. Um, the texts that came in, you hurt me. You know, I'm a sensitive person. And many, many people say I'm a delicate flower. And being as sensitive as I am, I don't know. I mean... Other dreams I've had have also fallen by the wayside. I remember the one time I wanted to start a law firm with John Vella and Lou Danner. Vella, Danner, and Amadeo. That was my dream. And <clears throat> fell apart, man. Lou got all pissed off at me. He was losing his cool. And Vella stopped returning my calls. It was horrible. And um, it just it hurts. When you don't reach that plateau in life you want. And I guess I'm just going to stick to a criminal defense. This is not because of me or a joke. You know what? It, in life, and I told this to a friend today, I quoted the classic movie, Me, Myself, and Irene. And in that movie, there's a scene when Jim Carrey's wife leaves him for the midget who was 
who was their um, limo driver. Now, Jim Carrey says to the girl, but I thought you loved me. And she says, the heart wants what the heart wants. And that are words I live by every goddamn day. Eat Wheaties! Sorry. Um, I now... I'm going to try to transition. You guys mocked me. You hurt me. And I'm trying to make it through the day. It's been a long day. I put on my finest clothing. I came on this live. I put on my glasses to try to appear smart. So I knew there was going to be stress in this live. I knew people were going to be laughing. I knew Nancy Gordon, who called me at 5 o'clock, mocking me with her girl Tamaris, was going to be talking shit in the chat. And here she is. And she's texting me right now. And you know what, Nancy? I'm not answering your texts. To be a prosecutor would have been a lifelong dream. And Nancy, you got in the way of that dream. The heart does want what the heart wants. As many of you know, I've always been somewhat of an expert on relationships and matters of the heart. And, uh... I really, I don't know what to say. I don't know why everybody's laughing. I don't find any of this funny. You're laughing about my dreams and my life, people. My God. I swear. It hurts. Now, on that note, <clears throat> I will stick with criminal defense because you guys won. It's the only thing I'm good at. It's fine. You made it very clear that I can't do this. So, now, I'd like to talk about McManus and Amadeo. Now, many people know our firm um, today. And the reason you know our firm today is because Scott Grable put me on criminal defense. And criminal defense kind of took off. What we learn in criminal defense is, if you're crazy and a hard worker, you might be successful. But in 2015, we didn't quite have the team we have today. I made a comment on Facebook a while ago about if we would have searched people's Facebook pages, we wouldn't have hired some people. And there's been some great people that we've hired throughout the years. There's also been some interesting situations. So I'd like to talk about some of those people today. Because back in 2015... McManus and I had this idea, and the idea was we were going to hire former Cooley professors. Cooley had a lot of professors out of work, so what we wanted to do, our goal was to bring in the best of the best. Hell yeah. So we got a bunch of people that put applications in. Now understand, 2015, I'm not really in shape, I'm doing civil litigation, I'm pretty much suffering in this field and I turned to these Cooley professors for guidance because God knows Cooley's always had my back it's time for me to give back it was just like when Wikipedia asked for $2.75 a month who the hell was I to tell Wikipedia no how many times have I looked up something about sports on Wikipedia you got to regular money to Wikipedia it was only right that we hired Cooley professors it was the right thing to do so we tried 
the first one, um, they had history in research and writing. So I was pretty excited because my grammar's always sucked. If you don't believe me, ask about my coworkers. I'm not great with grammar. I have Grammarly on every device, and my grammar's still not great. There's some, like, brilliant thought, but now the grammar sucks. We were bringing in the best of the best. Somebody who taught research and writing advanced writing at Cooley Law School. That's what we were going to do, God damn it. And we did. We brought this individual in. <clears throat> so one day, Matt catches individual shopping for shoes. And he says to the individual, hey, um, don't want to interrupt your shoe shopping, but how is that brief editing coming? And they said, fine. And uh, he walked away. I walked in the next day later. This individual was still shopping for shoes. Now, back then, shopping for shoes. I don't know. I'm not a real big shoe connoisseur, but I'm thinking, how the f is this individual shopping for shoes for two days like what could you possibly not have picked out in that first day and by the way the brief's not getting done so they hand in the brief they ask for their check I'm always interesting when somebody asks for their check before payday i have my check but it's a coolie professor here you go so i go to the office on a saturday morning and um i see the person's facebook page and they're shopping downtown Ann Arbor for shoes, which was good. And I looked at this brief. Now, with my limited skills in grammar, I was horrified. I'm editing what this person did. If I would have just tracked their Facebook, I would have sold it. All they do is shop for shoes all the fucking time. My God, edit the motions. But... We can't judge all former Cooley professors by this one individual. So I want to bring in a criminal guru. We want to bring in somebody who has experience as a criminal law professor and somebody who I had a great deal of respect for. So we had another person come in. Ah, oh, man. And I said to this individual, I want to learn by watching you. And they said, no, I want to learn by watching you. I want to see your technique. Okay, I'm going to quote one of my role models, Judge Simpson. Judge Cedric Simpson once said to somebody, what works for Bill only works for Bill. Don't do this. So I said to the former professor, hey, you don't want to learn my technique. My technique's messed up. I want to learn your technique. So then he said, I'm sorry, um, I don't think I could go to court. Hmm. Okay, well, I kind of need you to go to court, because this was when criminal was taken off. It was like 17, 18. I said, well, what's the problem? He goes, well, I don't have insurance. Okay. So I said to the individual, we'll pay for your insurance. And he said, I just don't want to do it. Over for 2 with coolies. But, you know, as we were learning things, as we had our growing pains, we kept going back to the well. Well, even though two former coolie professors couldn't do anything, let's try a third. So we bring this individual in. 
we pay him to come in for the day because this is a big name. And I said, so, do you want to do crim law? Nope. Do you want to do divorce work? Nope. What do you want to do? And the individual said, I want to lecture on scholarship in front of young people. Oh, so you want to be a professor? What the f*** said help our firm? We're losing our mind with coolie professors. So we switch it up a little bit, right? Now, we're going to actually bring in somebody who went to law school with us. One of our boys. And this guy was a JAG officer for years. All right. Ah, got to flip the football on that one. Eat weenies. So we were pretty excited that we got this JAG officer coming in. And, um, you know, he's got all his experience. We're talking about profit sharing. What do we do? And this is our friend from law school. What could possibly go wrong? Now, I respect the military. I'm not sure what JAG officers actually do, because this guy was like a decorated JAG officer, and I'm not sure he knew how to tie his shoes. In law school, Norman Fell said he was going to be a star, and we know how I feel about Norman Fell. Norman Fell told me I would never be as good as this particular individual, and him going to the JAG Corps was it. And here's the problem, guys, with learned behavior, man. I don't get it. Even somebody as strong-minded as me falls for these tricks. He's a JAG officer. He's a 3.8 from Cooley. Let's bring him in. Well, when they walk in, he's not doing work. And he's shopping for shoes. Like, holy shit. What is it? Everybody be putting this one goddamn office on Jackson Road, our former office, would do nothing but shop for fucking shoes all day. We're trying to write motions. We don't know what the hell we're doing. It was rough. But then one day, somebody came in. And this is somebody who actually helped me. So I, I do care for this person. However, there were some problems. The individual showed up to the interview late. And you got to keep in mind now where Matt and I are at with all right? We're, um, we're trying to find our way. And it went from McManus PLLC to Ann Arbor Legal to McManus and Amadeo, there were all these reincarnations. This individual comes in late, and they say, I don't show up on time. I don't finish projects. I won't do criminal law. I won't do family law, and I won't do invoices. I turned to Matt, and I said, we got to hire this person. And he says, no shit. Okay, so listen. There's been some problems along the way. We had the individual who had a severe marijuana problem. You know, and that would have been okay if he would have changed his clothes once every two weeks. But the odor was really bad when clients came in, so we had to part ways with that person. Then we went to externs. We've had some decent externs. Jen Kelly was an extern. Jen Kelly's awesome. However, there was this one extern. I remember. So this individual showed up the first two weeks. And what you do is you have 14 weeks of externship. And they said, hey, listen, it's a tough drive to come to Ann Arbor every day. Can I do work from home? 
Sure. Work. My mom will give it right? So we give it him to work. He's working from home, supposedly. I don't hear from him for nine weeks. He just went ghost. He shows up week 13 on a Wednesday afternoon. And he goes, hey, you got anything for me to do? Well, we did 11 weeks ago, but we're good. He says, will you sign my externship forms? Well, I don't want to keep this kid from um, taking the bar. And he would answer emails, I suppose. But eh, we signed his externship form, whatever. I said, look, man, good luck. He calls me after he passes the bar. And he says, I see you're doing really well. I could be a real asset to your firm. Like when you were ghost for nine weeks on your fucking externship? All right, so, bro, if you're tuned in right now, first of all, you suck as a lawyer. But I will never do anything to hurt your career, but please don't contact us for references or asking for money. Oh my God. The great thing about the lousy extern is we actually saw the extern sucked before getting fooled by all these other idiots with good resumes. And then there was the Facebook drama. Oh. I wonder why we didn't search social media on these hires. So where was this guy? And um, he interviewed great. <laughs> Thank you, Tina. He interviewed awesome. Looked the part. What do criminal? I was all excited about this. Disappeared one day. Okay, what's going on? This guy's answering the texts or phone calls. Me and Matt are working. We don't have time for this. I don't know what's going on. Because let me tell you, he came out like a star, right? I mean, he was like perfect. Oh my god, I got somebody to cover appearances. He does some crim. He's doing some civil. Pretty good stuff. Pretty excited. But, um, couldn't find him for like three days. Hmm. One day... I check his Facebook. Turns out he joined a religious cult. Moved to Minnesota. Didn't tell us about that. So I Facebook messaged him. Hey, um, what's going on? Checking your news feed. Looks like you joined a cult and quit in the field of law. He explained to me that he found his calling. I said, okay, well, good for you. Um, why couldn't you answer the texts or emails? Well, he felt it was only appropriate due to the cult to answer a DM. He f***ing wouldn't answer a text or phone call or email, but he would answer on DM as he was going to Minnesota with his family to join this religious cult and quit in the field of law. Anyway, <clears throat> he's no longer works for him. We now have a team that includes Jennifer Kelly, who's amazing. Matt McManus, myself, who's overrated, and we we have each other's backs. We've really turned us into something special. We have a lot of lawyers we work with on the side, but the journey to get here has been a royal pain in the ass. Yeah, Nancy Gord, I'm kind of hurt. I'm not even getting an interview here, Bill. I mean, after all this drama, clearly all I want to do is help you. Nancy, I love you. But, um... I don't think you'd fit in at McManus and Amadeo, and I know I wouldn't fit in at Jackson, Eaton, Gordon. 
but we can flip cases back to each other. Um, so between the externs and the bad hires and my Facebook post about the prosecutor's office today, I hope I cleared some things up for people. Advice I would give is this. If you want to be a prosecutor, go for it. Good for you. Um, don't let people that you like stand in the way of your dreams. Today, I failed. I let people get in my head. Then I couldn't pass the physical. It was tough. It was something I had to live with every goddamn day. That's where we're at with things, all right? As far as the hires, hey, listen. The road of success is a fucking brutal road. But what you really want to do is check those Facebook posts. And if you do have an extern, you got to make sure they come to the office or at least be doing their work. The Jail Visit with attorney Bill Amadeo from McManus and Amadeo. Connect with McManus and Amadeo at McManusAmadeo.com or call 800-392-7311. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio. I was asked to discuss the Dick Maller case, which was resolved. So I did agree to do a live on that. Um, after several people made such requests. For um, any enemies out there, I know I have some. Before we say I'm breaking an ethic rule, the client certainly wants to discuss this matter. It's a closed case, and there's no PR rule, so haters are gonna hate. But let's just be real about a few things. And I don't get Tom Mankey. Tom Mankey is a so-called journalist that competes with Josh Champlain, and he just doesn't seem to report the facts. For example, today, because part of this is going to be defending Dick Maurer, and part of this is going to be defending the prosecutor's offices. I'm going to explain the law to people that don't understand the law today. Let's get that straight. Because let me be clear, the law was on Dick Maurer's side. That's what the First Amendment's all about. And if we're going to prosecute, and by the way, I don't give a shit where you stand in a political half circle. If we're going to repro- prosecute Republicans for saying shit, on Facebook, we sure as hell better do it. The Democrats doing the same thing. Either we call it down the middle, or we don't call it at all. But we're not going to have selective prosecutions. And I commend Scott Corner for following the Constitution today. Well, let me get one thing straight to Mr. Mankey. I know you tune in sometimes. Today, when you bashed Scott Corner about the CSC, the defendant in that case got not only three counts of CSC4, but they also got charged with using a computer to commit a crime. That's what we call a consecutive sentence, Tom. And that defendant's going to prison, going on lifetime SORA, and being deported from our country. So that's what a good prosecutor does. They make sure the community is protected. So if you're watching this, Tom, that's the way things should be. I know you played a role in me getting fired off your brother's case, but I think you see the results when a good lawyer kicks ass. So now, with that being said, let's talk about Dick Maurer. Let me explain the law, the false threat of terrorism statute that Dick was charged with. It's a 20-year felony in the state of Michigan. And the way the statute is written, it's a strict liability offense. Which means sometimes people get charged with no consequence to their freedom of speech. So when the charge was brought by Scott Corner, 
it had validity to a charge based on the law. But the law changed a lot during the course of this case. Let me be really clear when I say the law changed a lot. Okay? Our firm researched the hell out of this thing. And we presented motions. And the false threat of terrorism statute, while loosely written, was really meant for people who were threatening to shoot up schools, people threatening to kill institutions, not for a man expressing his political views on Facebook. Dick Maller is a good man. He's a 67-year-old man who was never going to kill any Democrats. He was pissed off about the election. And when he was charged by the letter of the law, the charge was appropriate at the time. As the case proceeded, the case law was clear that Dick Maller was protected by the First Amendment of the Constitution. So, if you don't like what Dick Maller has to say, that's your call. But we sure as hell have to protect his right to say it. That's the reality here, guys. And I don't care what your views are on this. Dick Maller got a dismissal because Scott Corner upheld the Constitution. Judge Matthew Stewart is a man who upholds the Constitution. And when these matters were being discussed, it was very clear that Dick Maller had constitutional protection. Scott Corner took a stand to protect freedom of speech, and we got to applaud him for that. When I hear people online saying that it's okay to kill Democrats, that's stop. It's not okay to kill anybody. But if we're going to start hitting people with 20-year felonies for Facebook rants, I'm sure many of us out there would be prosecuted. It's ridiculous. This is a man who is not a member of the criminal justice system. He's a hard worker, and he was protected by the First Amendment. See, here's the job a prosecutor has, and people miss this. And certain prosecutors I work with pay very careful attention to what I'm about to say. Your job is simply not to prosecute defendants. Your job is also to protect the constitutional integrity of every case you have. So, when evidence is hidden, when you go to the press and make statements without having all the facts, that's not prosecutorial integrity. That's not restorative justice. That's f***ing destructive justice. And we don't get that at the Shiawassee Prosecutor's Office. At the Shiawassee Prosecutor's Office, and I battle with them all the time, they are a group of people that have heightened integrity. They prosecute on what they believe is justice. And after we reviewed the case, justice was dismissing the case against Dick Maurer. You really clear about that. This was not about politics. This was about protecting the document, which is our Bible. When we enter the field of criminal law, we do it because the Constitution means something to us. When we start compromising that Constitution for our own agendas, we got a problem. And I'm proud to say Scott Corner and Judge Matthew Stewart and the integrity of the Shiawassee criminal justice community, the Constitution still means something. 
it's something that's important to us. And I'm proud to be part of that community even I'm not a resident. This is not about doing TikTok videos to prosecute innocent kids. This is about protecting the constitutional rights of not only victims, but defendants. So, Tom Menke, you really could learn a lot by Josh Champlain. If the Board of Commissioners, if you're watching this, other than Marley Webster, watch how the circuit court runs and takes care of business. That's the way you're supposed to do things. So I'm proud to be part of this case. I fought hard for Dick and justice was served. All right, I think that's it. Um, I'm Bill Amadeo. Have a good night. The proceeding was a paid presentation by McManus and Amadeo PLLC. Listeners of this program should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. No listener should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information within this program without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation. Listening to this program using any associated website or related links or resources does not create an attorney-client relationship between the listener and host, contributors, or contributing law firms. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this program are hereby expressly disclaimed. You and your loved ones deserve a criminal defense firm that believes that your life and freedom are worth fighting for. Matt McManus, Bill Amadeo, and the McManus and Amadeo team of attorneys, investigators, and case managers will take the lead with a vast knowledge and legal experience across the state of Michigan to get the best possible result for you. Learn more at McManusAmadeo.com. Schedule a free consultation 24-7 by calling 800-392-7311.